The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everybody, welcome to NASCAR America Home Edition. we got myself, Dale Jarrett, Steve Latart, talking about the race we saw at Darlington tonight. What'd you guys think? I mean, what is there not to think? It was an outstanding race at the track, too tough to tame. Two races in just a short period of time. And, DJ, this one had everything I was looking for. There was intensity on the restarts. Long-run cars mattered. There was even a little bit of a tire debate. More cautions than the teams had sets of tires. I thought it was an outstanding race. Yeah, and let's go back to the start and even at the finish of last uh, Sunday's race in that NASCAR decided that we would invert the top 20 finishers. And I think that made for just outstanding racing in that first segment. Uh, just incredible. Uh, it showed that drivers were having a difficult time. The racetrack was different because it was night and much cooler. Once again, no rubber down. So it just made for a lot of different strategies throughout the night. A lot of people coming and going and uh, really didn't know until the end exactly who the players might be up front. But as we know most times, uh, the guys that really have that experience and the best teams and drivers are going to get there. And uh, we were seeing something spectacular. Well, clearly the biggest moment of the race was Kyle Busch and, and Chase Elliott. I mean, that was a big impact for Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase Elliott in position to win that race. When he made that move to get on the outside of, of Kyle Busch, he's sitting there, the first car on the best tires. Uh, he had a real shot to win it. Uh, what do you think about that impact, Dale? Well, yeah, things are going to happen, especially as we talk about a track like Darlington and where they knew that, that this was the, the rain possibility was coming. But, you know, even if the rain doesn't come, you know, the end of the race is coming and you've got to make your moves while you can. Chase Elliott did an outstanding job all night. He did in both races in Darlington, I think. Uh, was very solid there. But he was going to be the man to beat. I, I know Denny Hamlin is really good there. And – but he made such a run in that first lap uh, with those tires that uh, he just had a head of steam there. And it's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch is going to get a lot of the blame. He's already taken the blame. He made a mistake. And race drivers make mistakes. Things happen. Uh, you don't think that that's going to happen like that on a straightaway. Uh, but that just shows how important it was for him to get back in line. When you're trying to make a judgment of a car that's going by you, and at the same time, you have to glance in your mirror, and that was Kevin Harvick that was coming to see if you've got enough room to slide in there quickly. Uh, and Kyle Busch just uh, misjudged a little bit. Uh, as he looked up to see Harvick, uh, he hadn't cleared, uh, or Chase Elliott hadn't cleared him. So very unfortunate, because I, I really believe Chase was in control of this race and uh, was going to get a win at Darlington. I do believe that Chase was in contention to win the race. He had the best chance, and Kyle Busch admitted it was a mistake. Um, I'll admit, when it happened, I didn't know what to think. Did he do it on purpose? And then when I saw the damage on the right front fender, it just would shock me that Kyle would do something to damage his own car that much. He then let us know how it happened. Totally a mistake. Mistake or not, though, you know, if I'm Alan Gustafson, if I'm Chase Elliott, I'm still mad. I am irritated. And I don't think that Chase is one to go and turn him on purpose. 
but I would take every inch of every move with every you know benefit of the doubt for the rest of the season, right? It would have to take a lot for him to start you know racing me the same way I'm going to race him. I would expect a little bit to head my way. Uh, that's what I'm most fascinated about, right? I think it was hard racing. I think it was a mistake. Uh, Kyle admit, admitted to it. There's no reason he would lie. The difference is what now? I think that's the big story, right, Jeff? It hurt, it hurt him in this race, but that was the big question. And even Kyle Busch in his TV interview, he said, what? It's not going to go away. We're not going to go get ice cream. He knows this is going to have a lasting effect. Yeah, if you, if you don't like Kyle Busch or you're a huge Chase Elliott fan, you're going to just say he did it on purpose. Like, he did that on purpose. I know he wrecked him on purpose. I don't believe he wrecked him on purpose. He, Kevin Harvick had that big run on the outside. That outside lane was important for him to, to, to take before, before – Kevin Harvick took it. He just misjudged it. I think what he said on TV was 100% right. Uh, he had no, you know, obviously it was not in the position he wanted to be in, but he didn't intentionally wreck uh, Chase Elliott. But what he does have to do, other than just on TV, is he's got to take responsibility to afford to Chase Elliott. He can't wait for Chase Elliott to get in touch with him. He's got to go make this right because it was his mistake and it's on him to make it right. And, and if you do those things as a driver, then typically things go away quicker. If you don't handle it, then animosity builds, and as you said, Steve, then what can happen next? Uh, one thing I thought was awesome about this race is the tire wear. I thought the tire wear uh, had a lot to do with, with the race and the limited set of tires, the strategy about when to put tires on and when not to put tires on. So a shorter race, no practice. We did have a race the night before, you know, a few days ago, so I guess technically I guess there was some practice. But the shorter race, uh, high wear, high wear racetrack, a high, uh, a high grip condition in regard to the track conditions, and then limited tires. That combination uh, put on a really good race tonight. Yeah, simple, right? 11 yellows with nine sets of tires. Do the math. That doesn't work, right? There, there's a couple options that you're going to have to stay on the racetrack. Um, and it was interesting because you threw weather in that as well. You know, without the weather, I wonder how those crew chiefs would have made the same decision because I believe they would have tried to save a set of tires somewhere in there. It looked to me like these crew chiefs thought this race was going to end before the official ending, which it did. It was about 20 laps. I'm not sure all of them thought it was going to get that far, uh, but just so many moving parts, not to mention timely yellows. The yellow right after the pit sequence when Brad Kozlowski was on the racetrack, not only did it gain him track position, it saved him a set of tires. And then Clint Boyer, who had a great day. We even talked about Clint Boyer. He won the first and the second stage and then made – you know, a simple mistake, hit, him a little, hit the wall a little bit on the backstretch. DJ, Burton, in your time, that was kind of a standard practice. But with these newer cars, they fold those fenders in, the tires go flat. And that basically ended his chances. So a lot going on with two timely yellows to stack the field up when the heat was turned up the highest. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for Clint Boyer. I mean, really ran really well both races at Darlington and has very little, if anything, to show for it. Uh, but I think that it probably gives them some confidence going forward that they have fast race cars and, and they'll, they'll be in contention a lot. Uh, I want to talk about the call that Adam Stevens made there uh, after that Boyer that they, where they had before that, uh, when Keselowski had stayed out, they came in and put on a set of scuff because they were the, the car that was getting the free pass there. And so, they had nothing to lose kind of in that situation, knowing that there was a good chance with everything, the field bunched up once again, getting the laps down and weather coming in too, that things were going to get a little bit crazy. And he saved a set of tires and then they made a great pit stop to get their driver out even in that position. And, you know, he's just such a championship crew chief and, and makes calls and, and decisions like that uh, very, very quickly and, and put his driver – 
I don't think Kyle Busch had a second place car. I'm not even sure that he had barely a fifth place car, but they find ways of making finishes by doing a lot of different things. And, you know, it's unfortunate for Chase Elliott because I think uh, as this unfolded there, I think this was a bigger uh, hurt to, to Chase Elliott more throughout. It's very obvious it was for the finish of this race, but I think getting a win out of the way early, uh, which is what Chase might have done, would have really set that team uh, on, a, on a pace uh, that they could do a lot of good things and probably go on to try to win the most races in a season that Chase has won. So how much momentum does this give, does this give Denny Hamlin? I mean, we, in, in all fairness, we really haven't seen the speed uh, that we expect to see from, from Joe Gibbs racing so far this year. How, what do you guys think this win will do for Denny Hamlin moving forward? Well, I think it frees them up. Remember, Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500. Now he's won at Darlington. He's starting to fill that bucket of those all-important playoff points. That, that really has been the key to advancing through those rounds of the playoffs or having that safety net. Now he's filling that bucket right up. What I think that's going to allow this 11th team to do is to maybe, I'm not saying gamble completely and change everything, but you mentioned it, Jeff. They don't have what we would consider Joe Gibbs Toyota race-winning speed. Now they don't have to be as cautious. They can say, maybe design something different, change their setup theory, change their approach to the tires, whatever it may be, whatever part to the puzzle they think they're missing, they can start to aggressively chase that through the summer because in the playoffs, not only do you need those playoff points, but you need speed. And Danny Hamlin doesn't want to make it in the second round of the playoffs. He wants to win a championship. And to do that, you have to have race-winning speed. I know they've won a couple of races, but I think we'll all agree not with race-winning speed. He needs to have it. He's so good at the short tracks. Remember, the championship is paid at Phoenix this year, not Miami. Phoenix. He wants to get back to Phoenix. We saw what he could do there a year ago. I know the rules are different. I don't care. He will be one that can win the championship at Phoenix. He needs to get there, though. This was great for the points. But to your point, Jeff, I think it frees him up a little bit. Dale, you mentioned what it could have done for Chase Elliott. I think what it does do is Denny Hamlin just seems to be walking a little loose, walking a little free. Just, just free a guy like that up, it makes him more dangerous. Yeah, they, they, but they certainly are going to have to remedy that situation with the speeds with their cars. But we've seen Toyota be in this uh, situation before, and they find a way at Joe Gibbs Racing to make this happen. They just keep battling. They've got such great crew chiefs and drivers, and the communication is outstanding. Uh, and, and everybody, as these guys say, back at the shop, they get the job done. Uh, I guess if you look at Denny, I know he'll be excited about going to Martinsville before long, but you have to think that he's looking forward to Dover since he's won at Daytona and Darlington. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Denny Hamlin, you, you, listen, Steve, you keep saying it. Denny Hamlin's done everything but win a championship. Uh, he is a Hall of Fame driver. He has won huge races. And at this point in his career, winning that championship is a big deal because uh, you get to that point where we all get, where you don't have that many years ahead of you. Most of them are behind you those championships start meaning more and more. So a great race tonight. It was fun. Great race to watch. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys joining us for this NASCAR America Home. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.